Talk Zone presents Motivation with a Purpose Radio, the show that highlights the inspirational stories of people from all walks of life. Now, bringing you real inspiration, here are your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome once again to Motivation with a Purpose, where we inspire you to live and work with purpose every week. I am Rich Hallstrom, and once again by my side is my very valuable co-host, Zeke Bambolo. And Zeke, this should be an exciting show this week as we delve into the importance of money and the importance of being able to bounce back in life from extraordinary circumstances with the story of Darlene Nelson. Yes, indeed. I'm looking forward to talking with Darlene. I think she is going to be a a phenomenal guest to have on the show for a variety of reasons. And uh, I think, you know, I'm about due to have a good conversation just because it's been a busy week. And I've had a lot of uh, speaking opportunities this week that uh, has they've kept me kind of uh, on a chain, locked down. But, hey, I'm back on Motivation with the Purpose here with you today. And I'm looking forward to another wonderful conversation. So you tell me, how's the weather where you are? Uh, starting to see the sun. The orb is once again starting to appear here at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. Eastern Time for our East Coast listeners. Yes, it does uh, shine on on people in Seattle. The sun does shine every once in a while, uh, despite what we tell everybody. Uh, just trying to keep the uh, population down, as one uh, Emmett Watson used to tell people, uh, a famous writer here for the Seattle Times at one point. Um, but, uh, yeah, there is some sun out there, Zeke. Yeah. Uh, it can be hard to see every once in a while. But when it does come out, again... Yeah, you, you talk about keeping the population down. People ought to know, and I tease them every once in a while, the sun in Seattle is like nowhere else, especially in the summertime when the greenery is all around, the sun never gets more than probably 80 or 90 degrees, and you know what? It's just nice and comfortable. Yes, it's uh, just comfortable <laughs> and relaxing, and uh, you can't uh, you can't beat it. Any you know we we have our own unique lifestyle. Right. Uh, up here in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, we appreciate it, and we appreciate our listeners here for Motivation with a Purpose every week. If you want to get in touch with us, there are several different ways. Always listen to us on TalkZone.com, at the Talk Channel, or the New Horizons Channel, or the brand new Christian Channel for the home of Motivation with a Purpose right here on TalkZone.com. You can also reach us on Facebook at MWP Radio AM. And on Twitter, MWP Radio Man. And with that, let's get to our guest, Darlene Nelson. She's overcome extreme odds to become very, very successful in business. She is an author and speaker, and she is here to tell us about how we can overcome extreme odds and overcome maybe some limiting beliefs about ourselves and about the value of money in order to be successful. And with that, I welcome Darlene Nelson to the Motivation with a Purpose microphones. Good morning, Darlene. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. And it, it's so exciting to be on your show because I spent the first 40 years of my life in Seattle. 
Excellent, excellent. Well, we can uh, definitely uh, learn about those learn about those years because I'm think, thinking there are some very poignant lessons for us to learn. Uh, Darlene, let me put it to you this way: as we get our conversation started, just how far down were you? Okay, at one point I was homeless with a family of six. Income had stopped; didn't have another income source, and you know it was it was a short period of time. But it was, you know, it was time, and it was unexpected, and it was just uh, something that really made me realize, oh, my goodness. But the one thing about being down and out is there's no place to go but up. (laughs) So, uh, Darlene, this is Ezekiel here, or Zeke again, and thanks for being on the show with us. Um, How can you... Give us some detail. You know, I, I myself have seen some, some hard times in my life, uh, but I want to, it's always so wonderful to hear other people, other people's stories. So how would you say the whole part of even getting to that point even began? What were the, what were the uh, catalysts or the uh, contributing factors? To, be, to being homeless or to become going from homeless and broke to making millions? To being homeless in the first place, to come to that place of complete poverty in the first place. Okay. What had happened is I was, I actually owned um, a really nice tax from there in the Seattle area. I sold it. I went and actually built a 8,000 person downline in a network marketing company. But at one point I decided I wanted to do something else. So you, you can't really ignore a network marketing company or 8,000 people in your downline without having something stop. And so... Um, that basically is what happened is my income stopped. I was uh, making two house payments for a whole year. I had sold one home finally. I had uh, used the very little money that was left from that home to pay off bills. And then it just hit me that my network marketing income had, had stopped because I did not um, spend time working it any longer because I had lost my, my passion. And that just really uh, brought me to that point in, in time unexpectedly. And what I learned through that is it, it takes more effort, stress, and work to be poor <laughs> and to stay in that state than it does to turn it around. There's simple steps that you can do that can really help you, not, not just um, with money. You know, what I did is I, I had to shatter some of my false money myths to get out of that situation. And one of my false money myths was that when I was seven years old, I went to church, and they told me the rich man couldn't get to heaven. And seven-year-olds' minds perceived things incorrect, at least mine did. And it wasn't for many, many years that I re- until I realized, oh, my goodness, that's not at all what it says. I was able to shatter that myth, replace it with, you know, looking beyond me. I think that was one of the keys to my success is that instead of just focusing on the world does not evolve around Darlene, but what out there matters in the bigger picture, then I was able to put aside those myths and start realizing that, you know, when you make a lot of money, the gift of making a lot of money is far bigger than most people think. You know, it's, it's not that you have a lot of money that you can just throw away to charities, but that's fun too. I mean, I love being able to donate to charities that, you know, I love. But what you learn in the process of becoming wealthy is that you have learned how to get there. And now you can teach your loved ones and people that look up to you 
how to do it too. So instead of, you know, throwing fish to people because you're wealthy, you can teach them how to fish. And, you know, that's kind of some myths that I had to shatter. I have a CD series that helps people with shattering that. Um, <clears throat> ignorance is broke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make I mean, sense? The yeah, fact that you, you don't know... Yeah. That thinking yeah. poor can set you up to, you know, lose and hurt you doesn't excuse the fact that ignorance will make you totally broke. So, you know, some of us have these programs running us that are stopping us from letting money flow to us that we don't even realize. And so I'm, I'm able to help shift that and transformationally shift that. Okay. I mean, you, you also have one of the comments that I read when I was looking at your introduction there. You mentioned that why building your affluent dream life is neither complicated nor grueling. And I still want our people to, to connect a little bit more with that uh, mindset you talked about, even from a poverty standpoint. But what would you say were some of the specific difficulties that you, if you were to point out to say your top two or three difficulties of that that time of poverty. I know you talk about living, uh, being homeless, but are there other things that are somewhat intangible that you could put your finger on that you think would have contributed to the this whole notion of the the fear of what the challenge of being of being in poverty? What what are some things that you can share with us there? Okay, fear is definitely one. All of a sudden, you've had everything nice and everything's just ripped out from underneath you, you know, and so. I had to turn around my fear. Fear is actually an asset that can propel you forward. It's kind of like pain. When I was, um, I ha- back in 1986, I had my first son, beautiful baby boy, and he died 10 weeks later. And I've gone through what a normal mother would go through with the loss of a son. Nobody ever thinks you're going to bury your own son. And what I've discovered over time is that Pain is your friend. We look at fear and we look at pain completely different. I mean, if we can embrace those hard times, embrace that and take a look at it from the other side, I just am grateful for fear and I'm grateful for pain because it helps me to, For in the case of pain, it helps me remember my loved ones and have the good memories. And in the case of fear, because I have the fear, I'm able to propel myself through forward motions that I wouldn't be able to do if I didn't have the fear. Darlene, what kind of support systems do we want to be setting up for ourselves so that we can be successful? You know, we all need to have a mastermind-type team, at least one buddy that supports you with everything you want to do. Uh, We have a lot of friends that, you know, oftentimes will put us down and say, oh, you can't do that. Matter of fact, let me share a story with you. Uh, One of my best friends, Stephanie, she was starting a business, and her husband was always putting her down. Oh, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You're never going to amount to anything. It's just really negative to her. Well, she left him. And she was able to take the stuff from my CD series and use it to empower herself. And within two years, she went from him putting her down and telling her she could never be anything to making a half a million dollars a year. She now lives in the most beautiful home in the entire state of Arizona on a mountaintop overseeing all of Phoenix and Scottsdale and and Mesa. And, you know, what happens is you want to surround yourself with someone who you can 
bounce things off of who you can talk to that's going to support you and love you and be your cheerleader. Darlene, clarify again for me. I I want to make sure I heard you correctly. What was her motivation for leaving her husband again? (laughs) I didn't really go into that, but she was always being put down. And she was, you know, actually he was cheating on her. But I wasn't going to go into that. Okay. I, I just, I just want to. That's part of why I ask because I, I don't want, you know. I, I, I was hoping you weren't saying that because maybe he, they weren't affluent or rich. That's why she left. No, not at all. Okay. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. That's I, I understand. So yeah, no, no. I mean, when it comes to obviously the the position of of someone being uh, put down frequently, and, and especially for us men, you're talking to a couple of men here on this show, and I'm one who is very sensitive to the well-being of my family, especially my my spouse, my wife, and making sure she understands she's my queen. So I, I you know, I certainly yeah. we have a you have, we have a society as we even talk about poverty in this situation. It's not just poverty of the finances; it's poverty of the heart, it's poverty of the soul in terms of how people perceive life and in those issues, and so. Uh, when I, I don't condone divorce in any manner, to be honest, but uh, I mean, I, I really take my my time to kind of understand the situation, and I, I hope that we have a society right. actually that spends a lot of time because we don't have material possessions. So maybe I made the wrong choice in a husband, even not even looking at my my actual behavior that's caused me the poverty. And so we have to make sure we are being very clear, and that's why I ask you that question for some clarity. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a few exceptions to divorce. One is abuse, and anyway, so that's a whole other topic. But bottom line, having having <laughs> <laughs> having a like-minded person that you can have as a mastermind team member is, is really powerful. And then just three little tips, you know, decide what you want. A lot of times, what happens is people. They're so busy focusing on what they don't want that they're attracting what they don't want into their life. So anytime you start to have those thoughts, you want to find a way to erase it. And it can be as simple as thinking about something that's so funny that you you laugh so hard you almost fell on the floor and go to that place when those thoughts come to, to get away from them and then start putting into place, well, what do you want? Start Start seeing that and talking about that instead. That's like one tip. Number two is... Start today. You can start right now with simple little things. And that's the difference between me and and everyone else out there is I teach simple steps that anyone can do starting right now today that will change you, move you drastically in a different direction because there is no such thing as stagnation in life. You're either growing or you're decaying. And you get to choose every single day which direction you want to take. And I say choose growth. So just do one little thing today different. And the third thing is to to focus daily on what you want. You know, take some time to maybe skip a half an hour of sleep, even 20 minutes of sleep, and visualize what do you really want in your life and just close your eyes and run that through. Because it really, I mean, if you look at the scriptures, they talk about how the heavens and the earth were created visually before they were created physically. It set the example for us. So we can, it's kind of like TV. If you don't like what's on the channel, change the channel. So if you don't like what's happening in your life right now, let's change that. And we do that through the visual process. Darlene, we've got about three minutes for our first break, and I want you to take that time. I know you've just given us some tips of probably some things you did yourself, but explain to us again your own personal road from that place of poverty to affluence, please. So what I did is I 
just took immediate action when things got really bad, and I started looking for what did I want to do. I found a way to do it, and I just started um, working really, really passionately on it. I don't want to say hard, because true wealth doesn't have to come from hard work and stress and, and, you know, just outrageous time amounts. True wealth can come from something as simple as a few hours a day, but a few hours a day in the right growth process. And uh, again, uh, you so uh, maybe I, maybe maybe I missed some. You, you're saying the, the mainly mainly what you did was the, the the mind shifting. Is that what I understood just now? Your your, your thought process is what, is what you say was your primary uh, 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 catalyst to your affluence. Number one, I surrounded myself with people that would support me, and I separated myself from people that wouldn't. And then I took the time to quit focusing on what I didn't want, and I started focusing on what I did want. And I just chose every day. And, you know, it's okay. We're going to have days when we just can't do it. But the next day, just start over again. So just simple little things that the line between ordinary and extraordinary is very thin, and you can cross over that. And it's just these little things. Thing that I'm, I'm assuming that you use particularly to really, I mean, I, I know you've done some trading. Was there something specific that for you became the actual tool for providing the income that generated your affluence? I did. I got really creative without any knowledge and went into an area of expertise and started writing, you know, strategies. And, you know, I basically created my wealth from a whole different area than I ever had done before. So it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. To those of you out there listening, just if you could do anything you wanted, what would that passion be right now? Forgetting about money. And then you just let the how come about later. You know, I didn't know the hows and what I was going to do. I just knew what I wanted to do. So what happens is a lot of times people will say, oh, I'm going to do this once I figure out how I'm going to do it. And they take years and decades and never get anything done because they're trying to figure out how. When what you need, matter of fact, I'm just getting my master's in psychology and, and we're talking about this in consciousness and subconsciousness about how, you know, we could just go to sleep or take a break, get away, and things will come to the, the subconscious mind. And so I got to the point where I had to quit wasting time, and I learned to move on, quit thinking backwards, moving forward, um, choosing what it was that I let myself hear, whether it was someone else talking to me or what I thought or what I said. And that really was the big difference. More with our conversation with Darlene Nelson on Motivation with a Purpose after this time out. listening to Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome back to Motivation with a Purpose. Our special guest today is Darlene Nelson, the author of The Secret is You and Awaken a Miracle. And now, Zeke, you get our next question right here on Motivation with a Purpose. Let's get the conversation started once again. Absolutely. Thank you so much there, Rich. Uh, Darlene, as you recall, when we connected a little while back, I was very interested in the comment that you made that I thought would be great for us to discuss here as you talk about your life as well. And it was the comment uh, that God wants me to be rich. 
And uh, there are a couple of things that we discussed as well, which may come in later. But uh, tell us about that whole comment that you, you, you certainly live by. Yes, and that was a major shift for me, a, a major myth-shattering of my seven-year-old mind of thinking that the rich man couldn't get to heaven. And basically, I truly believe today it's a sin to be poor, that more sin comes out of poverty than any other cause. And, and I kind of touched on the essence of where I'm at on this, and that is that in the process of getting rich, we can actually teach other people how to become rich. And it, it, it's interesting because... Do you know someone that you look up to that just has really been a great impact in your life? And have you ever actually told them that you felt that way about them? Okay. Because I see what happens is, is a lot of people have someone in their life like that, or maybe a few people like that, that they just, they're, they're a hero. They're, they're just really look up to them and, and it has that impact, but they never tell them. And so what happens is because that person never hears it, they never know. What if we could tell the people that really matter to us, just come out and say, do you have any idea how much you inspire me? Do you know, have any idea how much this has impacted my life? Because if they knew it, I think what would happen is more people would step up and change. And that impact also has an effect on our income. So, so Darlene, you, you made a couple of comments. Obviously, we talked about the one about God wants us to be rich, and then you just we will get back to the, a second part that you said a little bit later because you also mentioned as you answered just now that you think poverty is sin. But let's start with the first one. Uh, give us some scriptural backing on on where uh, we can look at where God wants us to be rich that we can refer to. What would you say are some of those things that you have used as your own principles from the from a biblical standpoint that says God wants us to be rich? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. In my uh, CD uh, series, there's a manual that has actually all of the scriptures. And there's so many. I'm trying to think, you know, what um, I would share with you is some of the, the top ones. But let me mm-hmm. let me just pull this up mm-hmm. because there's so many. I apologize. I didn't have it up before. So if you want to ask me another question while I'm doing this, that would be great, too. Yeah, sure. I mean, that, that's fine. I mean, and so, I mean, I, have I think, that. okay, good. Okay. <laughs> so there's just so many great scriptures, and let me just go straight down to them. Um, and again, just, it was a real transformation for me to go from shattering my myth of the rich can't get into heaven. And, you know, the original scripture for that was the the one about how a camel couldn't get through the eye of a needle. And a lot right. of people didn't understand that 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 particular scripture wasn't about a sewing needle. It was about a fortress, and they called it a needle where you entered into the fortress. And at that time, you know, they were on camels. And so it wasn't impossible. It was just difficult. You had to get off your camel, unpack your camel, get your camel to crawl through the needle, and bring your stuff back through and load your camel back up. But because we don't know some things, because we live in a different uh, country or we live in a different place, a different time and place that didn't understand that, we can very easily misinterpret those kind of things. But I, but I think the concept, though, still that lead, whether it's any whether a, a needle or not, I mean a small or so a needle or not, I think the concept that we gather from that is that it is absolutely difficult for the rich man, from a heart's standpoint, to enter the, the gates of heaven. So anyway, I, I hear where you're going with that, Joe. But here's the thing, a person who they are before they're wealthy is the same person they're going to be after they're wealthy, just more of it. So if they're a bad person before, 
then you can see that a lot of bad could come out of them having a lot of money. And so there's just uh, so many different things here that come at hand. Okay. Okay. So you're, are you, were you still going? I mean, I, I was waiting for you to get the scriptures, but um, in, in the meantime, let, let's, keep, uh, let's keep talking about that. Let's keep talking about that. Okay. So um, maybe I can throw some things for you that I that on my end that I've been wondering about and trying to put the, those, those two things together, especially with the part of, of poverty is sin. Um, one of the things that I, I find hard to kind of wrap my mind around, I'm hoping you can help me bridge the gap, is if 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 poverty is sin, I am. I mean, it seems to me like we're almost saying that the rest of the world, other than America, which is a pretty affluent area, the rest of the world must be in sin. What do you think about that concept or that thought process? Okay, um, poverty in different parts of the world are different. Okay, so in countries that are not like America. Mm-hmm. Um, to be wealthy is different than being an American is wealthy. So it, it, you have to look at it from a country-to-country basis. Mm. But let me let me jump in and throw in some of the scriptures. Okay. In De- Deuteronomy 8, 18, it says, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he says in 1 Corinthians three twenty one, All things are yours. Um, and so... There's just so many things there that I hadn't read before. And as I started studying the scriptures and finding these different things, I went, wow. Uh, so, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. You know, and so that is, you know, even goes with me saying, let's start focusing on what you do want versus what you don't want. Because, you know, if you just want money for the sake of having money, you can just buy all kinds of things. I don't know that that's the right place to be. But when you can take the focus off of you and think about all the good you can do if you had money and how if you didn't have to work so hard for a living because you had money, what could you create that could be so beneficial to the world? Okay. Could you write a book, share your story, touch a heart, you know? But you know, I, I still yeah. because when the when the uh, when when you when you give some of the scripture, well, even the whole context of poverty in diff, different areas. Um, I, I look at uh, let me let me kind of break this down for you, and I want you to kind of use your maybe this is the best for our audience and ourselves to understand where you're going with this. Maybe you can be able to extract some information from here. I'm, I'm going to give you a few scriptures that I was I was I've been thinking about when it comes to this whole riches and poverty is sin thing. Okay, and and, okay. and help me to use your uh, uh, what you are describing here to help us break this down. So I want to go first. For example, you know the story of Zacchaeus and Luke. Do you know the story yeah. of Zacchaeus? Okay. So here's what happened in Luke, for example. Luke uh, 19, verse 7, it says, When they saw, that is when the people saw Jesus, uh, they, when, they saw, when they saw it, they all began to grumble because Jesus was about to go to Zacchaeus' home after he had just called Zacchaeus down from the tree. So when they saw it, they began right. to grumble and saying, Right, and he was a tax collector that was cheating right, on everyone. Right. You know? So when they saw it, they began, all began to grumble saying, He has gone to the guest of a man who is a sinner. And we know Zacchaeus was an extremely wealthy man. Okay, and then Jesus also affirms that in verse nine when he says, and, and said to, uh, and Jesus said to him, today. So he said to Zacchaeus, finally after he has spoken to Zacchaeus and he has, he has received received salvation, he says, today salvation has come to his house because he too is the son of Abraham. So, first of all, the people accuse Zacchaeus of being a sinner, even though he was very wealthy. 
Yet and still, what I'm saying that Jesus affirmed that Zacchaeus indeed was a sinner by saying that finally he's, he's received salvation. Uh, when we go to Mark... But his wealth, but his wealth came from stealing money from the people that right. he wasn't supposed to take. Right. So that was where the issue was. And, if, and as we remember this story as it goes on, when Jesus was done visiting with him and eating with him, he quit being a tax collector. He, matter of fact, he paid back. Right. He gave he back a lot back that he had taken. I don't, think he, he, wrong. I don't think he quit being a tax collector. He gave back a lot. He said, I, whatever I, I, I have, I will give back, you know, a, 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 several times more. If I've taken anything from anybody wrongly, I'll give them several times more what I took away from them. But I don't think he changed his profession. I think his whole attitude to, uh, to that approach changed. Uh, but right. I want, what I want to point out there is that it, I don't want to, uh, because when, when I heard that, the first thing that came to my mind is that, well, then I, if she's saying that poverty is sin, is it also e- e- fair to equate that wealth is then salvation or purity? Is that where, I mean, I need to clarify that with what I'm hearing from you, first of all. Um, it is really important that you make your money from honest, integrity, type of transactions. Mm-hmm. And what was going on in the case with this is he was not doing that. He was he was he was sinning. He was stealing money from the people. Mm-hmm. So so still then though I'm I'm still trying to clarify the how how poverty is sin. Well let me just go with Proverbs thirteen eighteen because it says poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction. And so the Bible clearly talks about poverty as not a positive thing. Darlene, I have a follow-up question to uh, the line of questioning that Zeke is uh, taking, and I think it might help us to uh, define the define the discussion as we're going. Um, I have some questions relating to that statement that you made. Um, if God wants us to be rich, why does the Bible tell us the love of money is the root of all evil? Because if because it wasn't, it, it wasn't. That is correct. It was the love of money, the control of money, not money itself, but putting money first, putting money first above God. And that's one of the most misinterpreted scriptures where most people think it's just money is the root of all evil. It was the love of money. You said it properly. Correct, but you know, if you are, you go if to you are, but if you are saying that it, that uh, God wants you to be rich and it is a sin to be poor, is are you not trade, treading dangerously close to the love of money? And the Scripture also tells us to seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew six thirty three. It doesn't mention anything about being a rich person or being a famous person or uh, a well-known person because there are plenty of well-known people who are famous and successful that don't know God in any way. So mm-hmm. we can't we cannot make that a, I mean, we if we cannot make we cannot make uh, being rich a somewhat of a litmus test for someone's uh, spiritual uh, where they're where they are spiritual where they are spiritually and i and i'm asking the question are you not 
um, dangerously treading close to doing that by saying that God wants us to be rich. Well, in Job 36.11, it says, If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. And prosperity isn't just about money. It's about health. It's about, you know, a balance, including spirituality. It's not just money. And, yeah, I am a little radical saying it's a sin to be poor, but I'm hoping to get the attention of people to realize, hey, you're working too hard being poor. Let's shift this and get you to where you can be able to ease the stress and be more spiritual, have more that you can contribute. Darlene, I want to I want to ask you to to help me because when you say that, even in response to Rich right there, uh, you, are you familiar with who Randy Gage is? I don't. Uh, Randy Gage is one that, that that believes exactly. He thinks poverty is sin as well, and he has over a hundred thousand fans that follow his blog. But listen to what this responder to his blog said, which is what Rich is, is, is asking about. This, this responder said, "I just arrived at this conclusion myself, and and Googled it to see if anyone agreed with me." The reason I realize that poverty is a sin is because God is, has provided me, uh, provided, provided for me to be abundant in my life. In order to receive all the blessings God has promised, I need to be seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6.33, what Grace just said. So since I'm still materially poor, clearly I am missing the mark in some way. I'm living in sin, so I need to examine my life to find out exactly how and where then I can repent and request a renewal of my sin in this area and collect on God's promise simple. So that's what that person says. So when I hear that, can you see how that person has early equated their salvation to, into heaven to now material wealth? Well, you know, the scriptures have always said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That would be your first step. But how do you, so help me, help me first of all, go to the, if I was counseling that young person, I just wrote that response to Randy Gage's prosperity and poverty is sin comment. How do I, how would you counsel that person to, to make sure that they are not, go, they're not losing their soul to, the, to hell by their belief system that if they're not rich, that means they're not saved and they're sinning? Now, I didn't, I didn't say they would go to hell if they were poor. But that's what I that, said it was a sin to be poor. When you say poverty, there are some forgivable sins. There are some forgivable sins. Yeah, but but my point is, I just read that that wasn't my comment. That was somebody's comment who who has heard the the the, the, the tag "poverty is sin," and that was their response. So I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to ask you, excuse me. I'm trying to have you help me counsel that person right now who has completely lost all concept of what true salvation is, and that's equated that salvation to. Poverty. If, because I'm rich, if I'm rich, if I'm materially rich, then that means I'm doing well by God. If I'm not rich, obviously I'm sinning. That means he's not, he doesn't feel he's saved. I don't think the two have to be directly related in that manner. But that's what they hear when we say poverty is sin. That's what I'm trying to say. So I'm trying to help. I'm, I, need, I just need to help us kind of understand how do, how do you, how would you counsel someone in that position? You know, it, it, it it has to go back to what programs are running them usually from a very young age and to shatter those myths and see, you know, like for me, I, I really thought that that as a seven-year-old when I was told that the rich man couldn't get to heaven, that having money was bad. So I sabotaged my success financially for decades 
you know, forward because I thought that making money was bad. So we can look at where in your life was money a situation, a program that runs you that, that money is bad. Because money isn't good or bad. Money is just a thing. It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. That first Timothy six ten. You know, so that's the beginning process to figure out where that is, shatter that myth, and then think about what can you do with money if you had a lot of it that could really be a Christian type thing. What could you write a book? Could you share a story? Could you um, be doing what you really want to do with passion? Could you be happier? Could your happiness be something that other people look up to and it inspires them to be happy? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I guess what I, what I want to do, we want to go to our next break here pretty soon. And I think you have a lot of things that you're pointing people to. And nobody, you know, I wouldn't for any moment hesitate the motivation and the passion that you bring to people doing, you know, uh, 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 what I call having a career or something that really motivates them to excel, especially from a Christian and biblical standpoint. What I want to do when we come back from the break, however, is because I think what we're missing the mark a little bit on here is that this is more of a heart issue than it is really a materialistic wealth or, you know, affluence issue. And I want us to talk a little bit more about that. So, uh, can you prepare to be with us as we go to break? And when we come back, we'll talk more about the heart issue and, and, and try to connect what you're saying if our audience really takes something away from our discussion. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. You bet. All right. So this is Motivation with the Purpose here on TalkZone Radio, TalkZone.com. And we'll be back in a few minutes. It's time for more Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Now, back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Yes, yes, indeed. Welcome to Motivation with a Purpose here on TalkZone.com. We have our special guest on the show with us today, Miss Darlene Nelson, who's given us some great information about uh, her story of going from Broke and homeless to millionaire. And, uh, we have been talking a little bit more on the concept of God wants us to be rich. Uh, again, this is Ezekiel Zeke Bamboa and friend Rich Hallstrom is with me. As we get back to discussion, as I left, we left for a break. We're talking about that it's an issue of the heart, and I want to give you some scripture here as well, again, just to make sure we back this up and then room to hear how how we can dialogue around this whole heart issue. But uh, out of Mark chapter twelve, this is the story of uh, Jesus and the widow, the widow's mite. Okay, and uh, but he's sitting there and he he's observing and he says, uh, uh, he goes is he, he starts in Mark chapter um, chapter twelve verse twenty nine. He says, Jesus answered, the foremost is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, you will love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So we start there where Jesus, uh, Jesus is given all these internal qualities, nothing with the outward appearance, nothing with the wealth or material stuff. They're all internal qualities. And he says, this is the most important of all. And then he goes to that. Jesus, Jesus is sitting in the temple and he's watching all these scribes coming in, these rich guys with their long robes, giving their, 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 their uh, donation and uh, their offering. And in verse 41, 
the word is mighty, says, and he sat down opposite the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury and, and many rich people were putting their large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors of the treasury, for they all put in out of their surplus. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. So, what are we looking at the poor person, the rich person? To me, it goes back, falls back to the internal qualities and the issues of the heart, Darlene. What do you say to that? Amen. <laughs> Matthew twenty two thirty three through 38 was where I was going to go, and that's right where you were, where Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and this is the first and the greatest commandment. So, you know, she gave everything she had, and she was totally trusting. You know, and that woman, as a wealthy person, would continue to have that amazing heart, you know. So that is it. Where is your heart? You know, who, you know, that's what, when I was talking about Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then these things shall be added unto you. She had it. She had it. It. So who we hang out with is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. My, my concern, though, Darlene, because if we were sitting with Jesus right there and that woman came to put something, I mean, if poverty sin, uh, she had no right being where she was in the temple, giving her widow's might. I mean, she would have been excluded if we agree that poverty is sin. I'm not saying that being wealthy is righteousness. Any more than I'm saying being poor is a sin in that matter. I'm saying that you can do more because you can't, if, if you're so broke that you're having a hard time just trying to feed yourself and the struggles and the stress that that takes on when we can try to turn that around so that you don't have that stress and, and that time um, consumption, then you could, that woman who was amazing and had a amazing heart could give so much more. She could be Mother Teresa, you know? And then, of course, you're going to say Mother Teresa had no money. <laughs> but Darl- Darlene, I've got, to, I've got to break in here and, ask the, here and ask this question. If you're not saying that uh, riches equate with um, being close to God or being in a, uh, in a better relationship, in a better relationship with God, then... Why are you saying that God wants us that God wants us to be rich if at first it's an issue if it's for, at first it's an issue of the heart aren't you putting money before God by by simply saying God wants us to be rich I'm trying to get the attention of people to realize that oh my and backing it up with the scriptures that I've shared with you already that you know what if you are wealthy, if you do have money, and money is a thing, okay? It's not good and it's not bad. It's a thing that we, we use money every day. You use money to buy food. You use money to put gas in the car. You use money to make your mortgage. You use money to, you know, go on a trip. You use money to buy scriptures. You use money to drive to church. Money in itself isn't bad. It's just we need to change our perspective on that. And why is it that when you get to heaven, the kingdom is paved in gold streets? 
that why is it all the scriptures say, asking you shall receive? You know, that... I can, I will let, let me, let me answer. That's a great point that you brought up just now about ask and you shall receive. We are supposed to ask in accordance with God's will, not our will. Psalm 37, 4 tells us to delight ourselves in the Lord and he will give us the desires of our heart. Now, a lot of people take that to mean, okay, that means the things that I desire the most, if I go after God, God will give them to me. No. If you're in right relationship with God, God will change your heart to for his desires to become your desires, not the other not the other way around. Zeke, I believe you had another I, I, I believe you had a I believe you had another question. Go, Zeke. Yeah, um Darlene, uh, you were to say something. Let, let me let her say what Darlene you had in the response before I ask my next question. Go ahead and tell us what you were going to say. I'm I'm sorry, I've lost it. Okay, that's okay. So I was just, I guess my next question was just to say, Darlene, because uh, I, I think, you you know, you've obviously done a tremendous job with your life, and you've turned some things around, and you, you really are out there motivating people and speaking. Would you agree, though, as we have talked today, that maybe some of the way that uh, the, 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 your, the statements like, you know, God wants us to be rich or poverty is sin, could that be rephrased to, to reflect more accurately what you really desire in your own heart? We could add heart to that, absolutely. You know, because bottom line, you need to seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And these things will be added unto you. And God has, you know, said over and over, First Timothy 6.17, God has given us richly all things to enjoy. You know, it, it, it's, it's a shift. It's a mindset. It's a change. It's a change from money being bad to money just being a thing, something that we use. Right, right. And, and I think that's where we are. We, and, I, and I think we understand where you're coming from, you know, and that's why we wanted to have this dialogue with you. But I think a lot of times we fail to realize that uh, when the, just the way we say certain things and, you know, and if it's just a blanket statement, for example, or poverty is sin, you know, which is, you know, maybe you when I read some of Randy Gage's comments, for example, Randy Gage does a 470 word blog, darling. Just listen to this. 470 word blog. Do you know how many times he uses mine? I or me as a variation of things that he owns and wants. He used that over 34 times in a 470 word blog. Yes, you think about that. So my point is, what do you think the message is that he's given to the young people who are listening, especially who are not just beginning their lives? Maybe he's at a place where he's halfway and he's in his 40s or 50s, but you're young people who are just maybe in their teens. They're going to spend the rest of their lives scraping and scratching and doing whatever because if they're not affluent and wealthy as Randy Gage is because of what he said. and how, I mean, he's got over 100,000 people following on his blog. I mean, so my point is the way we say things, if we're not careful how we say it, knowing that the scripture really gets to the heart issue and not the appearance or the affluence or the robe we're wearing or even if we're poor it gets to the fact what are you poor rich or in between your heart is what matters to god and everything that he asks of us is internal rather than external all the wealth gives us for the most part is external that's where we get all of our 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 enjoyment where do we get our really good even the rich have the same struggles that the poor have when it comes to the issue of the heart and dealing with family issues or dealing with 
uh, health issues. We all have, so it's got to be more than just affluence that we are leading people so far astray. And by saying that it's me, myself, and I, I have this car. I, you know, I, my car goes fast and this is what it looks, you know. And I, so I felt like, um, I felt like your heart was coming from the right place, but I didn't know if I connected with the statements on how you made them in terms of God wants us to be rich or poverty is sin. That's why we wanted to have this dialogue with you. And, you know, and, and, I, and so that's why I said maybe it's a matter of rephrasing what is really meant to be a very helpful and educational process that you're offering lives out there. Would you agree? Well, what I agree is we need to get their attention whatever way we can to let them come in and, and start the process. So my statement, I personally believe it's a sin to be poor, doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but it's a, a catcher to try to get them to see what in the world is this woman talking about, <laughs> okay? And when you listen to my series, Attitude is Everything, Scriptural-Based Proof God Wants You to Be Rich, you see that I discuss the heart, and that is the number one thing. But can but you see you know, I, have a, I have a question along those lines. Does that mean that the end justifies the means so that we should not be careful of the means by which we uh, export the message and what we say? If our well, it's the same thing as the is, love of money is the root of it's the same thing as money is the root of all evil. OK, and you didn't say that here, but most people here, money is the root of all evil. That gives us an opportunity to go. Well, let's go study that. So, um, yes, yes, where I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I mean, it seems as if um, I'm not sure if, if this is was ob- obvious to darling that uh, maybe there is more. You could, you could do a whole lot with reaching people, uh, especially when you talk about poverty and sin, and that if you, hopefully people won't see that and get and be turned off to the fact that, okay, she doesn't know what she's talking about, and I think you really have an idea for what you were talking about in terms of motivating people for the right reasons to use their wealth properly. And so I think where we're leaving off here is because you, you mentioned that you, you use it as a catchphrase. It's really a catchphrase to get people to ask the question, uh, and I wonder if that's more of a turnoff sometimes when you're especially reaching, when you're reaching out to Christians who are more seasoning and understanding the scripture than it is a turn on. What do you think? Or is it more of a turn on for the non-Christians, for the um, people that are just totally going, huh? You know, versus that. But absolutely. I mean, there'll be different ways that it can be targeted and marketed. Darlene, in our remaining moments, what's the message you want to leave with, you want to leave with people today? You know, my message is is simple. We're all connected. We all matter. You know, love. Love is the answer. You know, and life is so short. You know, we we get so busy with so much going on in our lives that we forget to stop and do the little things that truly, truly do matter. Getting back to the heart. That's where the whole thing is. Darlene, thank you very much for your time. We enjoyed having you on the show. For Zeke Bambolo, I'm Rich Hallstrom. Join us next week for another exciting episode of Motivation with a Purpose right here on TalkZone.com. From the 
the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach. But what held the boy's eyes in awful trance were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky. The eaters of men, cannibals. Firelight glistened on their royal bodies, on flashing spears and bristling decorations. Mafatu watched.